Hey everybody, C-Dote here, and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is all about mental health empowerment. Sometimes I have a joke, sometimes I don't, and I don't, so we're just going to keep going. Um, Today, I want to talk about comparison, because we often hear the quote, comparison is the thief of joy, but I want to offer a slightly different perspective on how we can approach comparison, namely when it comes to competition and skill development. So let's hit the button and do the thing on dopamine. Let's go. Drums, please. Listen to the 48 Hours Podcast for shocking murder cases and compelling real-life dramas from one of television's most watched true crime shows. Go behind the scenes of each episode with award-winning CBS News correspondents and producers in Postmortem, a weekly deep dive. Listen to 48 Hours wherever you get your podcasts. Inspired by the life of the savvy and ambitious Colombian businesswoman Griselda Blanco comes a new Netflix original limited series. Griselda tells the story of a devoted mother who, with her lethal blend of charm and relentless savagery, creates one of the most powerful cartels in history. Witness Sofia Vergara's captivating transformation into the godmother of the underworld. Griselda, now streaming only on Netflix. All right, welcome back to the show. Uh, if this is your second or third episode that you've listened to, I would appreciate if you go into iTunes or wherever you're listening to this, leave a rating and a review. That would be really helpful. There hasn't been a review in a while for this podcast, and it really helps me to know that you're listening. Um, and I really like to know a little bit of your story. And if there are things, topics, requests that you would like me to talk about, you certainly can can reach out about that and hit me up at Let's Go C Note and just. Let me know that you like the show, because it keeps me wanting to do it. Um, Today on the podcast, I want to talk about comparison. And um, I've been thinking about this a lot, because I've been working on a concept called the conflict ladder, which involves a lot of comparison. Um, Combining it with concepts of like the drama triangle, uh, the empowerment dynamic, all this stuff that I do terms of Myers-Briggs development, personality stuff, and then also thinking about some of my uh, personal relationship with competition. I'm a very competitive person and competition pushes me. But sometimes when I talk about competition, you know, you get that response of like comparison is the thief of joy. Don't compare yourself to people. And that's sort of like a surface level, uh, advice that people give you, you know, especially when you're creating art or you're doing some sort of work, uh, that involves personal skill development, you know, like don't look at what other people are doing, just focus on yourself. And to a degree, that's true. I think you should focus on yourself. But there's something very visceral and powerful about some forms of comparison, especially in in an empowering sense when it comes to competition, to push yourself, having a healthy rivalry. You know, it's like sports teams, Yankees, Red Sox, or Goku and Vegeta. (laughs) I think about that. Or like um, uh, Starfleet and and the Romulans. Um, there are balancing points of how people push each other 
you know, there are artists who throughout history have had little groups or cliques of people that push each other. Or you think about, um, there have been, uh, like improv groups at like second city and they push each other. And a lot of people who are in the same class end up becoming famous because they pushed each other. They're consistently comparing to one another, comparing notes, not necessarily comparing holistically who I am to the, who they are, but, you know, looking at something that they've done and said like, oh, okay, how can I push that idea? How can I make that a little bit better? How can I make that more interesting and do that in my way, which is really what I think the healthy use of competition is all about, the healthy use of comparison. So in, in my view, I think comparison splits at a certain point and it splits depending on your outlook of yourself as a person. So if you're understanding who you are and you have a healthy sense of self, then you can go towards competition because you're trying to improve who you are. You're trying to improve your skill set and what you're trying to do for the world. Whereas if you go towards drama, you go towards this place of of wanting to be uh, to feel a certain way versus being a certain way or thinking that you're a certain way versus being a certain way then you might be prone to shortcuts, to destruction, to taking uh, any means necessary to feel a sense of self-inflation of your comparison to others. So comparison can have this, you know, this, this dichotomy of good or bad or, or healthy and dramatic uh, depending on how you approach it. And I think that depends on your sense of self. So there's a couple ways to look at things. There's a great TED talk by uh, Caroline McHugh, I think her name is. Uh, she, it's one of my favorite TED talks. Uh, she talks about all sorts of concepts around persona, sense of self, and one of the ones that one of the areas that she discusses is comparison, and how we compare ourselves through a sense of inferiority or superiority or what she calls interiority. So superiority being, you know, this this inflated sense of self that may be actual you may have actual superiority over someone meaning you may have a a greater sense of skill a greater ability to someone and usually if there's a sense of superiority that means you're not competing you're you're not competing in the appropriate space like you may need to level up and go to a next level of skill development find new people new uh, new teams to rival and play against, or you might need to move up from one, you know, level one to level two, basically, whatever it is that you're dealing with. And you may be avoiding moving up because then you're going to become a rookie again, or you might have to test yourself and find that you're not as good as you thought you were, or at least in, in this new pool of people, you're going to have to go back to the beginning in a lot of ways. And that's a hard feeling for our ego to handle, for, for our ego to take. So feeling a sense of superiority may be that you're not moving up as much as you need to, or you may just have some sort of psychological sense that you're better than other people and may need to be, you know, may need to, to test yourself to figure out where you actually lie or where you actually stand. Uh, inferiority is the same thing, but in the opposite sense, that if you are actually inferior, that means you may need to move down a notch. You may need to do some skill development at a lower level of whether or not you're actually, um, 
you know, if you're doing art or, or building something or, or trying to learn uh, a practice, that if you've moved up and you get demolished by the competition, that means you, you're not ready for that yet. That doesn't mean that you're inferior uh, holistically. That just means that's not where you are. And a lot of this is about assessing where you are. And we'll get to that in a second. The If you're feeling inferior and are not actually inferior, you may be afraid of testing yourself to you know to to fear validation of some sense of inferiority so an avoidance of actual competition when i was a kid i used to you know i've always valid i've always felt um that i i've i've valued my intelligence and if i were to when i was in school if i if i were to take tests and i i would not do very well because i was not a very good test taker because of my adhd uh, I would feel stupid, and because I would feel stupid, and I didn't want to feel stupid, I often just said I didn't care, and I would avoid, uh, I would just do the bare minimum, and I would avoid testing myself at all, uh, to out of fear, out of fear of validating my sense of inferiority, and so that's really where inferiority comes from, and sometimes someone who's feeling inferior may... Uh, may try to take shortcuts or cheap shots to find a way to create a uh, temporary sense of superiority or or comparison when you really just need to get back to work and get back to where you need to do the work. So interiority, what she talks about, is this sense of self. Interiority is this strong sense of who you are as a person to understand that you're competing with your previous self, right? Who you are, <clears throat> who you were and where you are. To be able to to assess properly where you are. <clears throat> I think Michael Jordan was exceptionally good at this. I think Michael Jordan, I've been we started watching The Last Dance on Netflix, which is a, a documentary based on the 97 season, the basically the, the last season of the the uh, the Bulls dynasty and Michael Jordan was really good at knowing when he needed to move up or move back and his sense of his own skill level, which was phenomenal as it was. Um, but if, if he stayed in college when he was ready for the pros, he may have developed this sense of superiority in college that kept him, you know, may have made him disinterested in the game. It may have had him completely crush the competition so much that he would not have had, uh, a, a, you know, a sense of uh, a drive to go forward. I think the challenge for him is that there was nothing above the pros <laughs> and that he wanted to keep going. If he had a chance to keep going, he would have. But even so, when he got injured, uh, he would go back to college and he would do one-on-one games, two-on-two games, three-on-three and work his way back up. He was really good at assessing the actuality of where he was. So if he was injured, he felt like he would play, he could play in the pros and he wanted to keep going, but he knew that he wanted to test where he was. Goku is really good as a character that does this. He will assess himself compared to the competition. So even if he could go full bore, which is a really good, um, uh, uh, 
for anyone who's like a, a martial artist, that's part of what you do. You're not trying to just destroy. You're trying to figure out how you compare. And so Goku could just go to his max level and fight someone, but he needs to test someone's skills. He needs to see where they're at and not just approach it with a sense of arrogance uh, because then you'll be quickly destroyed. Um, the, the sense of inferiority can sometimes come up with the Vegeta character, where at one point, the, these two characters, they've developed a rivalry over time, and they compete with each other, and they push each other. And um, at one point during the Buu saga, Vegeta decides to take on external magic to try to inflate himself to compare to Goku. And he's already done his own... Uh, uh, Vegeta has already done his own training, but he decided that in order to properly surpass and compete against Goku, he needed external help, which is basically the equivalent of taking steroids. It's the equivalent of a cheat code that helped him in the short run, but in the long term, he still has to train. He still has to do the work. And part of doing the work, part of training, part of assessing where you are to be able to properly compete is that if you skip steps, you may not know how to train when you get to that new level because you may not have integrated past lessons that you would learn by developing that skill in a previous place. So that's super important to think about. This also translates to enemies, that if you have an ideology and you are comparing that ideology with, with another person, let's say you have, um, it's a political ideology or religion or something like that. I'm not going to use specifics, but if you have a sense of where you are and where someone else is, if you have this feeling of someone being an enemy of yours, or like, let's say you're competing for it, someone's affection, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's not necessarily trying to literally stack up to who they are. You're not trying to become the other person. But through that competition, you can get a sense of what the other person appreciates about them, and then you can adapt to some of those things in yourself and see how that translates to you. Um, maybe the comparing for the love competition is not the best comparison, but I think about Starfleet and the Romulans in The Next Generation, uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. They are of basically equal, equally matched, equal skill level, equal competition, uh, size, scope, um, territory, intelligence, firepower, uh, all of these elements make for a sense of comparison that they're constantly sizing each other up. If one had a sense of arrogance, they would go in and try to just decimate the other and get destroyed. Um, or if, the, if one felt inferior to the other, they would just wave the white flag and submit. But by properly assessing weapons, by where they are, the territory they're taking up. It's a chess game where they kind of move and they're kind of keeping each other in check, keeping each other in balance. And that balance pushes each other to grow to eventually, you know, eventually the goal would be for them to move on from each other. Um, you know, you're not going to stay, stay in this sailmate forever. While we think of like Yankees and Red Sox, for example, the teams themselves are always changing because the players are changing. The players are growing. 
the organization's growing and changing and, and it's ever dynamic. And at some point, there is a major slip. You know, the Red Sox will be at the bottom and the Yankees will be at the top or vice versa in terms of the rankings. In terms of, like, Romulans and Starfleet, you know, a, a slip-up like that is going to lead to probably the annihilation of the other side. Uh, so that comparison, that those having enemies in direct opposition to one another, they're not always constantly fighting one another. But because they're pushing each other, they can actually have improvement over their own individual domains. Starfleet improves their technology. Romulans improve their technology. And therefore they can support or take over or whatever they want to do, choose to use their, uh, their skills for uh, to be able to translate that into other things and to be able to grow uh, as individual entities. Because if they're always being responsive, then they're just kind of waiting for what the, their, the next move is, as opposed to continuing to explore, continuing to do their own thing, right? So you meet on the field, right? You meet on the place where you're going to compete. But when you're going back to your own space, you're, develop, you're developing and competing against yourself, I'm going to end this with sharing that there is this Rubik's Cube documentary. It's like 40 minutes where there's these two kids, uh, Felix and Max, that are competing over speed cubing. It's like speed Rubik's Cube solving. And it's this whole worldwide competition. There are all sorts of experts and like um, they can go amazingly fast in solving these Rubik's Cubes. And these two push each other and they have a healthy competition. Uh, they're friends. And, um, but when they meet and they're competing, they're focused on, you know, themselves. They want to do the best that they can for themselves. And there's no broken bones, nothing's, you know, they're not hurting each other. But that comparison, that competition pushes each other. And if someone surpasses them, they focus on that person and then they keep moving forward, right? So again, you're using these times, you're using these these accolades, you're using high scores, you're using rankings, you're using anything that's a point of comparison to push yourself. It's not about tearing down the other person. It's about lifting up, you know, your sense of self, what you believe in, what you want to work towards, what you want to create for yourself, and using these comparison points, these rivalries, these enemies, as ways of you to have checkpoints of goals, of um, a semblance of skill level that you need to reach. And the only way that you're going to be able to properly push yourself is to properly assess where you are and compare that to where they are. Because if you're evenly matched, then that's your competition. That's who you're going to work with and work towards and work against. And the idea is to move to the next level. You support each other, you know, whether that's directly or indirectly, to move to the next level. At one point, you're going to surpass each other or splinter and move off to different things. Um, but it's kind of like moving through waves of traffic. You find your way through traffic, and then there's open road. And then you find another cluster of traffic, and you kind of weave through it. You go through it and go to another cluster of traffic. 
at that point, who's with you in that cluster, that is your competition. Those are the people that you're going to be moving with and moving through. And, and usually there's a sense of, of community that sometimes happens within competition, within healthy competition, right? So think. I want you to think about those things. Think about the Red Sox-Yankees, high scores, um, Goku and Vegeta, uh, Michael Jordan, all these great Olympians and players and athletes. Like, even me, doing this podcast, I have mentors and people that I work with, but I also have, I have competition. I have people who are also talking about mental health. I have people who are also talking about, um, who are talking about personality typology. I have people who are coaches who are creating digital presences out there. And I'm always trying to compete about how I can improve my presence. How can I look at the thumbnails that they're making and make mine a little bit more attractive or better or, write a better description or write a better tagline or, or a headline and, uh, or title. I'm always thinking about those things. How can I improve my sense of myself by not only just, you know, I'm not just copying and pasting their titles. I'm looking at what's catching attention for them and then translating that through my skill level and using that as a way for me to elevate myself and that's really what the idea is is here is to like how can we take these external comparison points filter that through our sense of interiority our sense of self and be able to then create something new out of that to you know push the envelope that's what it's all about so i want to thank you guys for listening to this episode uh, it really means a lot for me. Right now, I'm thinking a lot about competition. I really love competition shows. I've always loved like strongman competitions. I've been watching the uh, the Ultimate Beast Master. I think that's the name of the show. Um, there's also a show on Netflix called Strong. I love like physical competitions, um, and the Titan Games is also really great. I love that stuff. I love sports. I love baseball. I love uh, watching hockey. Um, stuff like that. And even if you don't watch sports, um, if you're an artist or a creator, I think you know competition and comparison is healthy if you come from a healthy framework, right? You're not letting the you're not getting to a place of envy. You're getting to a place of like wonder and excitement like if you see that this person is so skilled beyond your level it's like whoa that's rad i want to be able to get to that place and you use that person as a mentor i think about that with personality hacker they've had so much success with their business and i'm trying to build something similar to that i'm not in direct competition with them but that's a beacon for me that's something that i look towards and i look up to them they're great friends of mine and um that's what allows me to move forward. So one of the things that I mentioned is being able to calibrate to where you are. So if you're struggling with calibrating to where you are right now and really redefining this sense of uh, competition for yourself, I implore you to, to sign up for a coaching session with me. We can either do a profiling session to get to know your personality type, or you can select one of my other coaching options for like digital presence or if you're not sure which one fits, just pick one and it's fine. It's really just a general coaching session to try to figure out um, 
you know, this place of comparison. Who is your competition? And how can you define your relationship with that? So go to Callensley.com slash dopamine, D-O-P-E-A-M-I-N-E, to go sign up for that. You can sign up for a profiling session there or a coaching session, um, and we can work out where you are with this, calibrate to your center, and then be able to figure out, you know, your ambition point. Where are you, what are you trying to work towards? Um, and, and sometimes even just brainstorm, figure out what to do next, because uh, it's easy to get stuck. And uh, the point of all of this is to try to help you get unstuck and be where you are and focus on where you are. So with all that said, um, we've got other stuff on our website at dopamine.life, D-O-P-E-A-M-I-N-E, articles, other podcast episodes. Um, We have a YouTube channel. You can search for us on there. And we have programs for uh, INTPs and other, um, other personality types. And uh, you can also take our personality chatbot test to figure out your personality type that way. So with all that said, uh, rating and review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Share this with a friend who might need to hear it. And um, that's it. So take care of yourselves and each other. And I'll catch you next time on Dopamine. See ya. This has been a C-Note Media Production.